Fumble, 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 episode 62, guys. And it's going to be a deep one today. Um, and I wish we had 20 hours because we're probably going to need that to really get the full story uh, of th this person that I discovered um, through TikTok. And I reached out to him uh, and we had a conversation a few days ago. And let me just... Let me just tell you that um, we're only going to scratch the surface during this episode with what he's been through and where he's at now. Uh, a quick intro. Um, uh, recovering anxiety sufferer, and that's going to be one of our main topics today. Um, he founded, he knows, and he himself founded a heart to trust people during difficult times. Um and he went and, and he's, he's an avid researcher. He be, overcame his anxiety uh, and he tried everything. Uh, and uh, finally, what gave him the light uh, he has on his website, uh, IamHere.org. And now he helps others uh, deal with not just anxiety, but a laundry list of mental health issues. He's a mental health advocate, um, and that's what got me to reach out to him, as I am myself uh, an advocate, but he's doing way more about it than I am. Uh, amazing guy, uh, great mind, Anthony Caputo. Hey, man, thanks for joining. Absolutely, brother. Absolute pleasure, my friend. And did I miss anything on the intro? I know there's a lot, but I just, <laughs> there's, I just, there's so much uh, yeah, yeah. actor, author. Uh, we could, the list goes on and on. That's right. He's an actor as well. Um, and he's a talented guy, but he's a real guy. And, and, and we, I learned that quick with the short conversation I had with you. Um, you have a book as well. I do. I yeah. do. Um, never thought I would ever write a book, but um, <laughs> a publishing company reached out to me and uh they got a glimpse of my vlogs, my vlogs. Yeah, yeah. And thought about uh, putting it in a book to, you know, kind of reach out to more people because the, the the vlogs, you know, really give a lot of uh, perspective of of my journey. But I kind of wanted to get it, it was always for me. It was always about giving more, right? right. Um, so I figured if I can, you know, tell people a little bit about my journey and then put those five <laughs> steps that I, I've discovered into them, at least they got some some writing material. You know, um, yeah, it, so, it's beautiful. And the title of your book is for people to uh, go find it. It is called My Tragic Pursuit and the Five Steps to Freedom. It's on Amazon. Guys, this you got to go check this book out. You're going to get a glimpse of why this book is so important. We're going to talk about it. So let's let's uh, out of the many things that uh, you've been through. Um, mm -hmm. Anxiety is one that I think we connected on. And, yes. I wanna, and I want to kind of get a background on that. So tell the audience where you started discovering or when you started feeling anxious and how that all came about. I can remember my first anxiety attack like it was yesterday. Um, I was five years old and uh, it came out of nowhere and I had no idea what it was, how to feel, how to react. I, had, I was completely clueless. Um, so... You know, after about a year of, of experiencing uh, this and these these attacks, I was getting um, they started getting worse, um, and they were they were just becoming more frequent. So I started reading from the age of about six years old, five six years old. Uh, I made my mom purchase an encyclopedia, 
you know, you know, back in the day, the sales guys would come to the door and yeah, yeah. those encyclopedias. So yeah, so I, I made my mom buy me the encyclopedias and I just started studying. Um, and it never stopped, you know, over 30 years of studying, um, but, you know, over the course of the years, the anxiety gets worse and worse and, and it leads to so many other ailments, you know, depression kicks in, um, you know, OCD, there's, it's, it's just a laundry list of stuff that occurs, right? What, um, did you, you were five, you didn't know that's what it was at five. What, what were you thinking? And at that age, like what's going on? Like, what were the symptoms? You know, it's funny because even at five, it didn't make a difference being 20 or 30. How do you explain to somebody what anxiety feels like? You know, it's this, it's this fear that, I mean, the, the, the way I explain it is, you know, even if somebody doesn't have anxiety, have, have they ever almost had a, a bad car accident or something that was, you know, life or death situation where it's like, <gasps> and it takes your breath away and your heart's beating fast and you just get that fear. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what anxiety is. Right. And it's hard. Like it's not, it's not a conversation you're going to have in, in the locker room with your buddies or, you know, when you meet a, when you meet a, a, a your partner, it's not a conversation you're going to have. So at that age, I think what made it worse was how do I explain this? You know, all I can tell my mom and, or my dad was I was scared you know, and to sleep with the light on, or I'll read you a book, you know? So, so that's where, where, where it went. But I mean, I was already dealing with so much more, right. Uh, you know, I was getting molested at about the age of four from what I, from the, when I remember. Um, and that molestation happened right up until the age of 13. So at the end of the day, and, and it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just one person you're, you're talking, it was four people, um, that, that I remember. And two of those were family members. So these people that, you know, you're, you're supposed to trust and, and even having anxiety, you look for that comfort in people and you couldn't even go there. Right. You know, like you're sitting at Christmas dinners with these people and this is something we were a very close family and my parents had no idea what was going on. They didn't find out till many, many years later. So it's, it's devastating for a child to, have to go through those experiences yeah how do you and and how do you explain that shit to your parents like you you can't you don't know where to begin you just bottle that shit up right you know me and you had had an amazing talk and you know you come from the same kind of uh uh, family pool like i am right very close family very tight-knit right um you know so when you see the respect that these older relatives are getting from your parents you can't say anything right Uh, my only escape, like we were talking about earlier, my, my only uh, escape was acting. I, I fell into acting at the age of seven by fluke. And that was my only escape. You know, I was able to be myself. I loved acting because I was just able to go onto a set and just be myself. And it's, it's, it's funny just- because uh, acting, people will think of acting for non-actors and they, they think, but you're acting. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not real. It's crazy. I get exactly what you're saying. And it's mm-hmm. like that freedom to mm-hmm. you're, you're channeling everything inside you. And because it's act, called acting, you're literally pouring out everything inside. The art of acting is not acting, right? Ex- exactly. That's, that's the art of acting yeah. is not acting. So, you know, naturally you become, uh, you, you, you become a method actor. You're taking all your experiences and yeah. putting them in front of that camera. So did that help initially? Like for a while? It, it did. It, yeah. it, it helped. Um, 
while I was on set. And of course, while I was doing my thing, right. You know, I always had something to look forward to. And I, you know, at a young age, I was, I was a, a busy actor. I was very busy. Um, so it did help a lot, but it, you kind of get more depressed, right? Because now after you're off set, now you're facing reality again. And don't get me wrong. I had a great family. My parents, my grandparents were just the most incredible people you will ever meet in your life. So yeah. it wasn't that it was, you're living with this wall up, right? And you're you're always guarded. Um, and then, of course, you know, at the age of 13, I had to stop acting. <laughs> yeah. You know, trauma struck again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you can elaborate as much as you want, or if you, or if you don't want, it's a, it, you know, it's an open. I was thing. on. Uh, I got I got a big role for a huge Hollywood movie. They were filming here in Toronto. Um, Fran Dresser. Uh, Fran Dresser. Sorry. Um, Rosie O'Donnell. There's a lot of big, big characters on the show. Um, so I, I got to spend a lot of time with Rosie O'Donnell, who in fact helped me a lot on set with my anxiety. Um, but after being away for so long, my first night home, I was with a group of friends who got into a car accident and four of them died. So that was um, rather devastating to experience that, especially at the age of like 13. Um, and, and at the funeral, I was at the funeral for one of our friends and we had kind of like a little get together, right? You know, there's kind of like a bush party, I guess you could say, but it wasn't, you know, so much in the bush. It was just beside this plaza. Um, later on that night, I, I went, was going to go home to call my my dad to pick me up. And I seen a friend at the phone booth. Um, she was telling me how she was trying to get hold of her mom. She was locked out of her house. So I walked her home, you know, being the knight in shining armor, trying maybe break her into her house. Couldn't do it. Um, so anyways, we came back to the plaza and she called a friend to see if she can stay there. She couldn't. I said, you know, why don't you come and stay with me? So we were kind of up in the air about things. And this gentleman approached us and he's like, Hey, you know, I heard about the accident. What are you guys doing here? You know, I'm sorry for you guys. You guys want to smoke a joint or you want some alcohol? And I was like, no. And my friend was like, no, but I want a cigarette. Um, and I'm like, Leslie, do you think you should go? Like, why don't just stay with me? Like my dad's coming, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to my house. Anyways, long story short, she left with him. I left to go back home and uh, it was a couple of days later, uh, she went missing. Um, she was kidnapped by the uh, notorious uh, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka. They're known as the Ken and Barbie killers. He was the Scarborough rapist. Um, I don't know how many females he raped. Um, needless to say, just prior to kidnapping my friend, he actually had, um, he had killed Carla's sister, who I think she was 14 years old at the time. Um, it was really sick. Like as a, as a Christmas gift, Carla gave him hit her, her baby sister. You know, it was just a sick, twisted um, engagement that they had going on. So my friend, um, obviously they raped her. They did some pretty um, grotesque things to her. And um, the end of it was they killed her and they chopped her up and they put her in cement and they threw her in uh, Lake Gibson up in my area here. So that was more devastating news. And uh, and this is all within like a year of each other, right? You're, this you're, was uh, uh, within a week. A week? Yeah. Wow. So the accident happened and it was at the funeral. So the funeral was not even a, a week later. And that's when he kidnapped her. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that. I mean, that alone can fuck someone up for their whole life. Uh, absolutely. That alone. I'm, and I'm not even exaggerating. You have a lot of guilt, right? You have, you have, you're holding on to the guilt of your friends dying in this car accident, right? You know, it's always the what if, what if, what if. Yeah. Now you have more guilt because of this situation, 
So it really weighs heavy, especially me at that young age. I, I've always been an empath, right? So you're, you're, you're feeling that. And, and it's worse when it's your own inner emotions that you're, you're having that power struggle with. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just acting was something I, I just couldn't do at that time. You know, you know how it is being an actor. I mean, you're, you gotta be in that zone. You have to build those characters. And if there is anything else weighing on you that heavy, you just can't do it. So your, your mind is broken. Your mind yeah. is shattered. You're trying to heal and you don't yeah. even know where to begin. I get it. Yeah. 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 So I, I just, I just, I couldn't do it. Um, and it was devastating for me not being able to act. You know, it was, it was a decision that I obviously at a young age I, I made, but it was hard because that was my only escape. It was, it was my own, my only sanctuary was, was acting. So that was yeah. it. So what started did you turn to? Yeah. started dancing. I, I dancing. became a dancer. I couldn't believe it. Uh, <laughs> I started going to the dance clubs. I, I became a dancer, but I mean, I, I got to dance for some of the big greats. I, I got to dance for Maestro Fresh West, um, Big Daddy King, KRS-One. No, uh, our last dance was with uh, Public Enemy. They came down to Cops Coliseum here in the area. Yeah. Uh, dance for them. Later on that night at the hotel, uh, NWA came walking in. I was blown away. I got to meet all of them except Ice Cube. That was the only one I didn't get to meet. But, um, but needless to say, you know, I got to meet Dre. That's I got to meet uh, Eazy-E. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, R.I.P. Eazy-E, man. He was a legend. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's crazy, though. I, but on a more personal level, did you think the dancing replaced that thirst for you? You know, to be honest with you, I, no, I, I was numb. I, I think I just became numb. Yeah. And I think that's where really my, my life, the, the course of my life really just went downhill. Yeah. You know, you, 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 I don't know if it's your, your starving for a different emotion. Yeah. You're maybe doing things to manifest a different emotion. Like it's, 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 it was so confusing for me. I, I just, I became an asshole. I just, I, I, my, my life went downhill. I didn't give a shit about anything. I, I started getting deeper into organized crime and, you know, the streets and um, it, it was awful. It was awful. It was so, really bad. Um, what, I started, what was the guide? I'm going to, I'm going to just interject. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as you're going through this kind of like steamrolling downhill, mm -hmm. um, what, what was family like mother, father, like where, where were, how were they reacting to your decisions? I mean, they were there, right? They understood. I mean, you gotta remember my parents were very young when they had me. Okay. Uh, I think my mom was 18. My dad was 19. Yeah. So we always had more of a friendship and, and, you know, I was the first born into a, into an Italian family. Um, so I'm not even joking. Like my, I was ripped out of my mother's arms as an infant. Wow. Not in a bad way, not in a bad way, but I was my grandfather's, you know, golden child. So it, he brought me home and that was it. You know, I, I, I was pretty much raised by them by no choice of my parents. Like my parents were great. And still to this day, mm -hmm. my, my parents are the most supportive um, and brilliant people you will ever meet. They, they are incredible people. Um, I, I was just raised by my grandparents. So I think, you know, for so long, my parents, although they were, they were great parents, it's more of a friendship, right? I see. Um, it, 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 I mean, it, it goes to show the love that a mother will have for her son, where it didn't matter what I did. Yeah. 
she supported me and it was okay. You know? Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. Um, so anyway, so you continue down this path, you, you get into trouble, you, uh, where, so where does life go if we're in, in the next, in, the, in, in between, there were so many deaths that I experienced. Uh, uh, one of my best friends was hit by a car and died. Another friend committed suicide. Um, there, there was just so much crap going on, but you know, I, I was, I maintained my sanity. I, I was always the most popular kid. Um, I owned a dance club when I was like 16 years old. Um, so, you know, I was, I was extremely popular. Um, I was always a good person, right? Like I was the guy who would beat up the bully, you know? And if, <laughs> if you were the, the more of a loser that I seen that you were, I wanted to be close to you. I get it. That's just, I don't know. It was, it was very yeah. weird for me. I just, I had that, that I, I felt sorry for people. You know what I mean? I could have um, used you in high school, man. <laughs> oh, brother, I would have been right there, man. I would have been right there. I, yeah. You know, I was, I was, that's how I was. I, I was always like that. That's one thing I was always like, you know, the, yeah. the person that was that, that shutout or, you know, that quiet kid in class. I, I, I gravitated towards those kids. Okay. I, 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 You're a hero, still, man. You're a hero. Cause it's you, still the same now. You get it. No. I think it's, if there is any positive to take from, what you went through as a kid, I think it built empathy for you much faster than most people might, might. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. I, I feel I, that's just me with my observation of what you've told me, but I feel like that's, there's, there's, there was a lot of wisdom there, whether you wanted it or not, you got it. And, I, and <laughs> you could, you were able to see more between the lines as opposed to just, outside of that box yeah i mean i i think if i were to say anything anxiety and depression anxiety was a fucking bully yeah. it fucked me up and anxiety was is the biggest bully you'll ever come across in your life yeah. so i seen what it did to me not only that when you are that helpless when you're getting molested by older people you know they're bullies that's that's there's there's nothing there's no more or no less they are bullies so i think when i seen people like that um I gravitated towards them because I know what it felt like. You know, I know what it felt like being that quiet kid. I know what it felt like not wanting to say anything. Um, so it, my heart Empathy. went to yeah. them, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've been there. You felt, yeah. you feel their feel. You feel yeah. everything they're going through. I get it. Yeah. That's absolutely. It sucks. I mean, yeah. I, obviously you don't wish that on anyone. Yeah, no, of course. Not. Of course <laughs> but not. it's, it's, it's crazy that, I mean, so during these times, now you're, you know, later teens and you're maybe early twenties now, like, uh, at what point did you did you ever say, okay, I, this is anxiety, or when did you realize that's what it was? And did a therapist have anything to do with that, or how did that all come about? So I started like I mean through high, through school because obviously with the anxiety I was a troubled student. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know they were looking at everything. I was getting tested through through, but no, nobody really heard of anxiety. You know it was there was nothing there. It was there was no such thing as anxiety. It wasn't until um, later on in my, in my teens, when I figured out anxiety yeah. and I started digging deeper into that, um, there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't study it. and, and not, not, not anxiety, uh, so much, but the mind and how the mind works and where fear comes from and, 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 and how people like, you know, just typical human behavior. Um, and like I said, it wasn't until in my teens where I, 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 the word anxiety yeah you know um what are you gonna do with it right you know what are you gonna do like you can't even doctors back then I, I would go to my doctor i mean i studied so much that i would even go to my doctor and i got journals of it 
And I told my doctor, say, you know, I noticed certain foods I'm eating at a certain time, this many hours later is giving me anxiety. And he'd be like, no, 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 it's impossible. Nope. I'd be like, no, no, I'm telling you, like these certain foods I'm eating. And then it was like, I started looking into the blood type diet. And sure enough, I would look at my blood type and I would look at foods I'm not supposed to be eating. And all the foods that I was saying that was giving me anxiety were right there in front of me. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And then, but you know, when you're, when you're putting in that trust to the medical professions and they're telling you, no, it's like, okay, I'm just an idiot. Like it's a coincidence, right? Unfortunately, ego can fuck with a lot of truth. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And it wasn't until now, I remember, you know, even five years ago when I first started coming out and going live with everything, telling people that foods are a huge contributor to anxiety. They will induce anxiety. Five years ago, people were laughing. I I got discredited. And it's not until now recently that it's like, holy shit, you know, Anthony was right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and and you don't even care for the for the uh, reward of that. You just it's like you're just trying to say, hey, let's help each other. How many lives could I have saved from then to now? You know, because it gets worse. It it, it doesn't get easier. People people think that anxiety and it it gets easier. It doesn't get easier. It doesn't matter what medication you take. It's going to come back again. You know, you've become comfortably uncomfortable. And it's looking from the outside in is when people are going to notice, listen, fucking something wrong with you. You don't see it. You don't feel it. You think you think everything is normal. And that's where I was. I was an asshole, bro. <laughs> Wait till we start talking about that. I was an asshole, man. Holy right. shit was I ever. But you were you you stood up for the the people getting bullied, but you're also saying you were an asshole. So I'm curious, like so how, it, how would you be an asshole? I was I was a prick to my teachers. I was I was, you know, a rough student. Rebellious. Uh, I was extremely rebellious. You know, even with girls, I was such a douchebag, <laughs> you know, and now, 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 now I, 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 I want to make a point. Although I was this douchebag, I was chasing something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, I, I, it wasn't like, I just wanted sex and see you later. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I was, I was trying to feel something different. You were empty. Completely. Yeah. And of course, I, I finally fulfilled it, but it took a hell of a lot, you know, and self-reflection, it was- man, you have that. And I don't think a lot of people dealing with similar shit have the luxury of get getting to that place. Right. Unfortunately, you're right. Yes, they, they, they don't. Um, you know, COVID, a lot of people when we were when we went through the shutdown, people are asking me because people were losing their minds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you feel about COVID and the shutdown? I think. It's fucking amazing. They're like, you're an asshole. What do you mean? We're all locked in. I said, listen, now it's going to force people to look in that mirror. Yes. Because for us, COVID did a hell of a lot to us. We became TikTok famous. <laughs> Our family got so much closer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like me and my wife never had such a, such time together. Like it was incredible. Then I look at how many divorce that, the divorces that, that happened. You know, it, it forced so many people to look in the mirror. And unfortunately for a lot of them, they're just, they're not ready, right? They're not ready to take that ownership or that responsibility. Yeah. It's scary, right? It's so, it's so scary. Yeah. Uh, and I have family members dealing with it right now and, and it's, it's not easy. I've been through it myself. I, I know uh, for anyone, I mean, mental health in general 
for most of the world is more of a modern it's still people are still getting used to it people are still trying to make sense of modern or uh, mental health being a real issue now people like yourself who've been through the ringer and mm -hmm. like you've been through shit that's forced you to pay attention to it mm -hmm. it in a fucked up way it it made it more obvious for you right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but but it people who've been through less but enough for them to be s fucked up uh in their heads and not know why there's a blur they mm -hmm. can't get over that numbness they can't get understand where they are they don't have that clarity mm -hmm. and the will to fix it like yes. it, it takes all of that and more um which i want to use as a segue because again your story i know there's darker shit that you to told me and you can bring them up as you wish i okay. i just i want to get to that point where you you almost gave up yourself if that's okay yeah um <clears throat> i mean i'll save my wife's story for another time because that's a whole insane story almost like you have to come back on this show yeah please that, <laughs> that, story is, yeah. that story is incredible um but you know it, 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 i will say it's a very important story because it will show just the meaning behind myself and my wife. Right. Please, but need, yeah. needless to say, I, I met my wife. Um, and it was, at, it was at a point where it was getting worse. My anxiety and my depression were getting uh, uh, worse. Um, we, when we were dating, um, I was really deep into the underworld, uh, organized crime. Mm -hmm. um, and I was off to meet a couple of friends and I was just going to go with them for a meeting. I was, they were going to have the meeting. I was just going to go with them to talk to about something else. And we were going to take care of some business after, uh, while I was with them, my wife, my girlfriend at the time, Valerie, um, she called me so many times that my phone almost died and she was concerned. She's like, I got a bad feeling. I got a bad feeling. I'm like, you don't bother me. And I mean, prior to this, we've been dating for a while at this point, right? Prior to this, I would be going out to do some really bad shit and it would be like, I can't talk. Okay. Be careful. I'll talk to you later. Love you. Bye. So while I'm out doing this really bad stuff, she didn't care. But now I'm just with these guys going for a drive and she wouldn't stop. So I go, guys, listen, drop me off, go to the meeting. When you're done, call me, we'll meet up and we'll take care of what we got to take care of. So I left and I went to break up with her. I said, listen, somebody, I, I can't be with somebody like you. Like I'm with my boys. I'm taking care of some stuff here and, and I can't have that in my life. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, long story short, um, the guys I was with, uh, when they went to that meeting, they were ambushed and they were all murdered. It was a huge massacre out here in Canada. Um, so that really hit close to me. Um, and, and I put a ring on her finger right away. <laughs> you know, it was instantaneously. I'm like, holy shit. Um, that's when I decided that there needed to be change, right? I'm getting, I'm getting the chills just, just putting myself in that, even close to that situation like you know there was a couple of scenarios there was two more times where i i was at a place talking to somebody and i went to walk away and within you know uh, 10 feet of me he got murdered you know gunned down um after i was married with sebastian um our son sebastian i was on my way with him downtown to go meet another friend just to go bring my son for ice cream and meet a buddy on a patio to watch the, the italian soccer game and 
my wife again called me. She's like, you're not going anywhere. You want to go meet those people, drop off our son and you can go. So I got off the highway. I went to turn around and sure enough, as I was doing that, uh, he got murdered. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of close calls I had. And, and, you know, what did that mean to you though? All of these fucking close calls, <laughs> you're lucky or what, what is it? You know, now is a different story than that. You know, <laughs> now it's, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's a sign. Like you, you weren't, you weren't meant to be there. You weren't meant to be doing this stuff, but as it kept getting closer and closer to home, it's like, at what point are you going to smarten the fuck up? Like how many chances do you fucking need right now to say, get the hell out of that shit? Cause enough's enough. And you're married at this point when this stuff I was married at this point and yeah. we had our son. Yeah. We had yeah. Sebastian. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it, it just got worse. And I, I, I think for me, the most tragic, the most tragic night, um, it was hard seeing my wife go through what she was going through with me. You know, um, you can't make plans. I, I developed something called emetic phobia, which is the phobia of vomiting. Um, through anxiety, you tend to develop phobias, right? Um, more often than not, it's usually a, a social phobia, you know, people have. But for me, I developed a phobia of, of vomiting. Now, it doesn't sound like much because, I mean, nobody likes to vomit. But when I tell you I would be on a FaceTime call with my cousin in Italy, and I'm in Canada, and she would be telling me how she has a stomach bug, I wouldn't sleep for three, four days. You know, you can't eat meat because what if you get sick? My, my steaks look like hockey pucks. My burgers had to be well done. Couldn't go into any restaurants. Um, I was addicted to gravel, like an anti-nausea medication uh, that's over the counter. So, I mean, I'm popping. You, you shouldn't have more than four over 24 hours. I'm popping six to eight a day. It, it, it just, everything just came crashing down. I was fighting with everybody. Um, I was an asshole. My wife went through hell. I just, I just made a decision. I just didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't want to put anybody through that. Like, you, you know, it, it's, it's funny because it's, it's, it's like almost like you're acting. I know I really wasn't this person who was being this asshole and who was fighting with everybody and, and being so stubborn. It was just anxiety, right? Because with anxiety, you are controlling everything. Everything needs to be controlled. You know, there's A and there's B. Nothing can come in between with that or else you are a fucking disaster. You get irritable. You get agitated. Uh, you know, you snap easy. And, and, and a lot of times you see people out there that are assholes or that are just mean fucking people. And you don't recognize that it could be anxiety. You know, these people are going through something that, that we don't know. So, you know, one night I, uh, I uh, left. I had my gun. I went to uh, the back of a building and I pulled the trigger and uh, I survived it. I, the only, the only reason I knew I was still alive is because the amount of pain I was in, but an incredible thing happened. The second I pulled that trigger, I had immediate regret. When I came to, and I was alive, I just appreciated everything. And it, it was, it was so weird. It was like, you know, seeing one plus one equals two written on a blackboard. That was the cure for anxiety. That was the cure for everything I've gone through. And it wasn't, it wasn't anxiety. It's just life. 
but I wasn't able to, to articulate it. I, I couldn't say it, yeah. you know, and, and it was, it was, it was, it was suicide saved my life. And, and I hate saying that, right. I hate saying that because, you know, I, you don't want people to like, if I were to hear that and I was suffering, I'm like, so what do you want me to do? Commit suicide and hope I survive? Like, no, it's not that <laughs> it's not. Um, context. Everything is context, man. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I fucking survived, man. That's, I mean, uh, I'm a passionate guy. I'm you, you've probably picked up on that with mm -hmm. one conversation, but, and I'm, I'm never like one thing that I'm not ashamed of is being emotional. Like I, mm -hmm. I'm, I think it can, it's helped me a lot from, from a, like going down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. I, I'm saying that because you're telling me this and I'm fucking like ready to ball. Cause yeah. like that, that shit is, that shit is dark, man. That's, that's, you not, know, but I it's light. It's dark and it, light. It's light. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Cause you know, I, I'm the same as you when I start talking and when I do my lives on TikTok or on, on, uh, on our, on our app, the only time, the only thing that gets me is when I talk about my wife, <laughs> set, say right away. Yeah she is just such an incredible human. You know, I, I, I owe so much to that woman. You know, I, I, I don't know she how get, she didn't give up on you when you did. That's that there's no bigger strength than that. I mean, people ask me all the time, you know, we see what you go through with dealing with people with anxiety and depression. Even my clients will say, you know, how the fuck do you do it? Like I'm such, and you know, my clients yell at me. They tell me to fuck off. They hang up on me. They call me every name in the book. Of course, I'm bringing them out of a comfort, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you know, after they, the 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 fear subsided, and you know, we have that that heart to heart. They just, I have not yet not heard it from a client. They say, "How do you do it?" And it's it's simple. I know where I'd be right now if my wife ever gave up on me. And I know what it takes to want to see past the anxiety and depression. And I know how hard it is to see past that. There's not a lot of people that can do that. And it takes a lot to be able to pull somebody out of the grips of anxiety. So I, I'll never give up. As, as long as people want to overcome it, I will always be there for those people. Because I know what it did for me with my, my relationship with my wife. And that's, that was my survival. Like after I had healed and I was home, um, I remember looking at my wife and I just, I remember, you know, I want her to see that her love was worth it, that she deserved it. I, you know, God forbid I do this and I, I get taken away. How is she going to feel? This woman poured her heart and her soul into me. This woman stood by my side for this long. And I'm going to go and I, it's almost like a slap in the face for her. Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, I'm doing this because I don't want her to suffer anymore. I don't want her to put up with somebody like me. I don't want her to have to go through life like this anymore. And more importantly, my son. It, it, it's deep, man. It's, it's, you, didn't, you didn't, you didn't want to be an asshole anymore. No, I, that's, I think that was the waking wake up call was, was that, and the clarity, which is fucking insane right sometimes we need we need it to be that black and white like you said it's either a or b that was where you were at you're like this is my i can't deal with this shit i'm gonna fuck 
mm-hmm. end at all mm-hmm. because that's the only way you could see it. There was no gray. Mm-hmm. And, and you finally saw clarity in that moment. And you told me about the, the story where you started to actually see color. You, went, you mentioned this. So after, after, after I got home, um, it was one morning I, w- I went outside and uh, to have a coffee. My wife came out. We were sitting outside having a coffee. And I remember turning over and I, I seen this tree. And the leaves were like, it was just beautiful. And I started crying mm. like a little baby. Mm-hmm. And she's like, babe, what's wrong? And, and all that I can say was like the, the, the tree's green. She literally was like picking up the phone, thought it was, <laughs> something's wrong with him. Like, what the fuck's going on? Um, and uh, it, it, it was it was to me, it was my whole world was black and white. And, and it, you know, it, it comes through with my steps about being present and being able to be aware. Yeah. Anxiety, the way I've always explained it, it's like seeing the sun, but not feeling the warmth of it on your face. That's what it's like living with anxiety. You are literally seeing everything in black and white because you're constantly on guard. You know, it's constant and people don't get that. You know, envision a soldier in, in the front line of fire. And there's enemy all around, you know, and this is this you're fighting for your life and you got that gun up and any little movement you're turning and it, it's it's just fucking exhausting. It's fucking draining. People don't see that. People don't get that. And they think it's you can just snap out of it. You know, hey, don't worry about it. Sure, it's fucking easy to say don't worry about it. <laughs> but, you know, the chemical imbalances and what's going on in your mind and what you've already programmed into it is a whole different fucking cascade of emotions right man so you're bawling like a baby looking at a tree and and i mean like based on just a little bit of snippet that you've shared about your life like i completely i would do the exact same thing i feel because just just from the little little that you've shared obviously there's boatloads more that oh, gone through. yeah but nice. that even emphasizes that moment more yeah. um so how long after this awakening did you decide, all right, I want like you turn like you started working on self-healing? Change. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was instantly. It was instantly. Um, and I knew it was instant because for as long as I can remember, and when I am telling you I am not exaggerating, I am not exaggerating. For as long as I can remember, I have always had to have somebody beside me at night, awake. Imagine being married and your husband always has to have a friend over all hours of the night. I have not slept. I didn't sleep in bed for years and years and years being married because I had to be on the couch. I mean, the second I wake up in the morning, who am I going to call to come over tonight so I can chill and they can be awake so I can fall asleep? That's how it was for me. After my suicide attempt, it was the first time I went home. I didn't have to take any medication and I didn't have anybody at my house. It was incredible, but I wasn't healed. It it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm done. It was the beginning. It was the awakening. Yeah. That was it. I knew what I had to do and I knew the steps. And like I said, it was, it was almost like, the universe, God, downloaded the journal step-by-step into my mind how to overcome anxiety. 
And I, I always say anxiety and not depression because to me, less it's clinical, like I said, it's like less than 3%, right? And you're going to have to get medication. But a lot of people oversee the anxiety because the depression takes such a stronghold. They don't recognize that it's not the depression, it's the anxiety. It's like going to the doctors for a cold and they're going to treat your runny nose. It makes no sense to me. Treat the anxiety and you will rid of the depression, right? Yeah. So I, I, it was literally like that whole journal was just downloaded. It was all downloaded. And now I was just going through every single exercise in that journal, step by step. You had clarity. You had clarity. It was amazing. It was such a a huge awakening moment, but it was a long journey after that. Of course. So so less. Well, you know, literally thank your lucky stars because, and I'm thanking, I'm thankful for having learned about you because you're helping people without even knowing it, you know? And, and and I hope people listening to this can can connect, and I hope that you you can learn that it's okay to reach out, it's yeah. okay to talk to people, it's okay to be real. In a sense, we all are actors in this world. Yes, we all fucking go through shit, and everybody has different levels. Never compare. We're comparing our shit to other people doesn't help them or you it just shows you that someone had it shittier or you had it shittier it's it doesn't do anything for you it's hard concept for people to grasp right like to compare like they they don't they don't see that it's it's something like i said in my journey of healing i you recognize stuff like you know my son playing his video game and you know my wife calling him for dinner You'd be like, okay, mom, hang on a second you know and she's like get down here and hurry up and he's freaking out it's like the end of the world for him and for us, we're like, it's only a video game, bud. But at one point for us, that was the end of the world. It's the same concept now. Everybody's on their different paths, right? So it's still it's a, it's about compassion and allowing people to be themselves. And love. And yeah. There's so oh, much love. Of course. I mean, the love is everything. I have no shame in walking to random people and telling them I love them. Yep. And, and they'll yep. look at me like I'm a lunatic and that's okay. Yeah, they start I, to I, change at you. <laughs> <laughs> we got plenty of we got plenty of them out here already in Sacramento. No, but uh, but seriously man, I mean and I say all this not like it's news, like everybody deals with this shit and the more I talk to random strangers and luckily through my field in acting and and comedy, I'm meeting new people all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like my mind was so closed for a long time because we all grew up and who's our hero? The people that we grew up with, right? The, the parents, the uncles, the whoever, mm-hmm. you know, and the aunts. And it's like the moment for me when I had clarity was three years ago. I literally woke up and I said, I haven't done what I've been wanting to do for 30 years, which was comedy and acting. All I did was music, which I don't regret. I love music and it's still a part of my life. But my calling has always been there in the back of my mind. And and for different reasons, I was living for others. I was living for other people's, like other people's approval. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I think for me, that came from anxiety. That came from wanting to be making them proud. Well, it's self-esteem issues, right? With anxiety comes self-esteem. 
You know, oh. you become insecure and we, sacri- we, we sacrifice what we want for what we can get right now. Right. It, it's that instant, you know, like Instagram, TikTok. I, I didn't get the views and there's not enough likes. It's yeah. like I, one, one of my videos, I think I thought it was the best video ever. I only got like 43,000 <laughs> views on it. Then we did a stupid video. It's at 40 million. Who yeah. gives a shit? Like, who, who, gives fucking, a shit? who fucking cares, man? You know, but people look at that. It's like they think they might not be good enough if they didn't get this or, you know, they're, they're not, their picture isn't good enough or they're not pretty if they didn't get these likes or the views and it comes with the territory. Right. I'm, I'm so optimistic about social media and where it's going. It, it, it's gone through dark days. Social media has had his negativity and it's always about who's, who's controlling the mouse, right? Who's controlling yes. the keyboard, who's controlling that tweet, who's controlling whatever is about to come out. Yep. It's, the bigger picture though, that I'm starting to see, and I still haven't seen the full picture and I know that, but what I see where I am hopeful that it's going is that it's putting purity in back into the world and it's putting purity back into the hands of the people. The, there's not one group of one percenters that can tell you and, and dictate what you take in. Mm-hmm. They're not controlling everything. They tried, they tried yeah. and they can't. It's not happening because the internet is so special. It's probably the greatest invention that humanity has had because it's, it's even better than airplanes. I would say. I wish I had it when I was studying anxiety. Fuck. I'll play that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Piles of books on my bed every night, reading them. Right. You don't have to walk to the library and shit. Right. And wait, you know, but like everything is there, dude. Everything. It's, you got to take the good with the bad, though, right? Because you miss, like, you know, two years ago, I think, with three years ago, just before COVID, I remember coming home and I seen, like, six bikes on my front lawn. I fucking started crying. I pulled in and I sat outside just fucking crying. <laughs> my wife comes out. She's like, what happened? I'm like, look at the bikes. And she just laughed at me, right? She knows what that meant. That was the cool thing back then. Yeah, we, all, yeah. we all congregated at our friends, threw the bikes on the lawn. Right. That meant shit was going down. <laughs> like, stuff yeah. was happening. You know, and then yeah. it, it, now it's internet. So there is a lot of good. And it, it, I, and like I said, I don't want to say there's the good and there's the bad because that's up to us. Mm-hmm. That's right. right? That's, yeah. It, it's up to us. It's, yes. it's like saying, you know, with God, here's life. Yeah. Hey, it's up to you what you want to do with it. Here's this amazing you know, uh, uh, internet, this incredible thing we are going to give you. Yeah. And it's up to you what you decide to do with it, right? It's all perspective. It's all perspective. And, and there's choice. A, there's, with every new invention, human error is there. And we're going fu- to fuck it up before yep. We, yep. We, we know how to use it properly. Yep. Right? It's, it's, it's like nuclear weapons. Yes. It didn't have to be this way. And we're in the middle of the fuckery right now. Yep, but I agree. But eventually we're going to realize, oh, we just took some life off of Earth. Let's yep. not do that. Yep, <laughs> you yep, know, like, yeah, it, it's true. And, and it's greed and it's ego and it's power hungry yep. and it's all of that. And, and it's that, ego. It's, it's all ego, brother. It's, all, it's, it's ego. It's all on the surface and it's not thinking deeply. Um, and you don't have to think that deep to realize, wait, let me just love yeah how much more can we accomplish if we just work together but it's how right that i think that's a lot of what i push and i try and teach people how people don't see that you know so talk about that now talk about what you're teaching and what your book is about and so i mean for me it's about you know understanding right and wrong right and wrong serve purpose to pride and ego yeah 
Okay. And when you take things into context, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a difference here. For me, it's not about right and wrong. It's what works and what doesn't work. And I concentrate on the why. That, that, if you were to take my entire program, why? That's it. It's a very simple concept. Why? But ask that question internally. Okay. Why is a question that is going to make you play victim or survivor? And it goes deep and it can continue to go deep. The more you ask it, the more you're going to start learning about yourself. Wow. But it's about taking the ownership. I'll give you an example. I helped this young lady. Um, and this is now me helping other people, just how the why works. Okay. So I, I got this case um, from a clinic in the States. I think she was going on 15 years, very, very severe case, extreme anxiety, PTSD, depression. Um, she was a primary caregiver for her father. She went away. Um, her father ended up passing away. She came back a week later, went through the door and found him dead. Okay. She's never been able to escape that moment. So now I get her. And the first question I, you know, it's okay. How, how, how do you feel? And she goes, you know, it, 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 I can't get past seeing him like that. And I felt helpless and I feel like it was my responsibility. But I said, okay, so you're upset. She goes, yeah. I said, why? Mm. She literally looked at me like, are you a fucking idiot? Like <laughs> my fucking dad died, but it doesn't matter. Why are you upset? Again, she's like, my fucking dad died. I'm like, okay, but wait a second. People die every single day. You're digging. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. People die all the time. Why is his death bothering? She goes, well, he's my dad, but that is just a label. Okay. It, it takes something different to become a father. Mm. She goes, yeah, I agree with you. I said, okay, so you can't say I'm upset because my dad, you got to go deeper. Why? You know, and, and she started talking about how he was. And as she started getting deeper, you can now start to see everything just started lifting. And when she was going back to those moments and those memories with her father, now she's smiling and just, you know, some tears came, but they were good tears. So it was a very simple question, yeah. but she just didn't know how to ask it and how to answer it. You know, anytime, it, you know, so many things happen and, and people will come to me with anxiety and, you know, it'll cause an issue or something will happen. I'm like, okay, well, why? Well, because my wife did this or my husband did this or my partner did this. I'm like, well, why? Because they're like that. It's about what it made you feel like. You know, it, 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 the situations happen every single day in life. Yeah. Every day something happens. It fucking has nothing to do with what happened. Who fucking cares what happened? Yeah. It's why did it make you feel like that? Yeah. And it's the imprint that it left because we react. We don't respond. Mm -hmm. And that's a big problem with people. Mm -hmm. We react right away. As an actor, I've learned anger is not an emotion. It's a reaction. You know, a lot of things that happen in life cause these, these, these emotions, these imbalances. And, and I, I tell people, I'm like, you, you do realize that you are only functioning with 5% of your conscious mind. Like, what are you talking about? 95% of what you are doing, your patterns, your attitude, your mentality, everything about you comes from your subconscious mind. And it is controlling 95% of your daily activities and you have no fucking idea and it is taken in a hundred million bits per second. The conscious mind is maybe taking 50 to a hundred. Yeah. So at the end of the day, we can change these patterns. You're not who you are. You know, I look at you, you are not who you are. Mm -hmm. You are who you want to be. Mm.
And people have a hard time grasping that. Nope, this is how I am. Nope, I was raised like that. I was like this. Nope. It's like, listen, you are who you want to be. Your parents, I'm sure they're great people, but you're not them. You inherited it. It's up to you to decide what you want to do with it. And, you know, times are changing and there's more anxiety out there because people now are, are, you know, kind of, they're, they're in this, the shell, they don't know who they are. They don't know who they want to be. They're, they're so constricted with, with so much shit that's going on in this world. Why do you think there's so much anxiety? It's fucking insane out there. You know what helps me with that though? What's up? With, with, with the whole fucking, all the shit that's going on in the world. I just don't watch TV. <laughs> I mean, it's can not- I give you, can I give you a pointer? Yeah, go ahead. You know what the best thing that helped me? Yeah. Okay. Repeat after me. Okay. It's. It's. Not. Not. My. My. Fucking. Fucking. Problem. Problem. It's done. not my fucking problem. Done. Now. It's not to say that you're going to live like an asshole and you're going to, you're going to say this out loud, say this internally, because the second that you're able to say that internally, you are separating the emotional attachment. Mm -hmm. And when you separate the emotional attachment, you can have more of an open mind. You can put yourself into somebody else's shoes and you'll see a different perspective on it. And it won't make you freak out as much. Yeah. Right. You're removing the burdens that we've had from our childhood into today's life. And you just, Hey, it's not my fucking problem. Hey, I'll help you. But what you're going through is not my fucking problem. You know, a lot of people look at me sideways when I say that or when I'm giving that advice, but just bear with me, right? Like bear with me and, and, and really think about what I'm saying because mm-hmm. you're able to really get to the bottom of solutions. Solution is what connects us, not the problems. Absolutely. I get it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, that's true. And now are these part of that five-step process? So, I mean, the five steps are, are, I mean, step one is about being present, being aware. It's really, it's really, it it really helps people understand what it is to be present. That's been a struggle for me. To be able to be aware. Uh, Step two, we talk about communication. Mm. There's a lot about communication in there, right? And and not so much communication with other people, it's ourselves. Mm -hmm. Whatever you tell yourself is going to be a direct reflection of who you are. When when I get deeper into anxiety with you and I tell you about the way anxiety is, language is huge, mm. huge, 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 huge. Um, and then, you know, another step in there is, is fear, mm-hmm. you know, because fear doesn't exist. It's whatever we say it's going to be, right? I mean, you're scared of something that I am. I, I might not be, right? Yep. So at the end of the day, fear, it, 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 it's the unknown. Once you know, there's nothing to fear, mm-hmm. you know? The, the ultimate, the ultimate step with, with all my steps, the ultimate step is to help people become more vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Very simple concept. It's so powerful being vulnerable. People look at it as being a weakness. It's, it's power. It's about having an open mind, right? Oh my God. So I mean, when, when you look at, when you look at what vulnerability is, vulnerability is simply about having an open mind. That's really all it is. It is. It is. It's um, and a quick point on fear. Mm-hmm. It's taught. It's not. It's it's a learned behavior. It's not a. Uh, that's why it's not real because it's cognitive, right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's, it's we listen. It's 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 like education. Yeah. These there's, are learned behaviors. Racism. 
fear, you know, oh, it's all, all learned it. behaviors. Uh, we go through that. And step two is, a, is all about emotions. Yeah. And we go through that, right? Yeah. Yeah. We go through the emotional imbalances and where these come from. And amazing, man. This yeah. is, this is great things. Do you, do you believe in the notion that everything happens for a reason? 150% with all my being. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my app. We have an app that's newly released, right? Yeah. On, on iStore and Google Play um, that goes through all these steps that helps people with anxiety. And depression. I wouldn't have had that. I wouldn't have had my wife. You know, yeah. if, if I have the honor and pleasure of coming back on the show, of we can course. talk about my wife. And I mean, you know, the story between my wife, that alone should have been a movie. It's insane, you know? Yeah. I believe well, yeah. there are no coincidences. This is stuff that happens for a reason. I tell people that, you know, people only see the bad. Yep. They never they never want to see the good in the bad. You know, somebody was driving on the highway getting to a, 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 an interview. You know, they've been looking for a job for, for a couple of years. And they landed this incredible job. It would have set them up for life, you know, and on the way there, they got a flat tire. They missed the interview and they lost the job and they're depressed. You don't know what the fuck would have happened if you had gotten that job. But six months later, they landed their dream job, their dream job. They landed. now, not to say that that's going to happen all the time, mm -hmm. but getting into that mishap and having that flat tire could have prevented you from getting into a car accident and getting killed. Mm -hmm. You could have gotten that job and God knows what your, what direction your life would have went in. I mean, people really don't, don't recognize that. And it's unfortunate because it is there. You know, people just want to see the bad, you know, somebody's driving in the car and, you know, I would have, you know, I mean, you're in LA. I mean, I know how crazy the drivers are there, but, you know, down here, you know, they're driving and they're, they're speeding and they cut you off and, you know, you, you can allow them to ruin your entire life. But, you know, I thought back to when I had to race like that. It was to go say bye to my grandfather because he was on his deathbed. It was to go say bye to my grandmother because she was dying. It was to go say bye to my cousin who, 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 who was dying. And, and I can only imagine what that person is racing, it, it, what they're going through. So I can be an asshole. I can cause road rage. I can let that steer my whole day. Instead, I have compassion. And I thought, I know what it's like when I was in that rush. And I'm thankful that I'm not that person. Simple. You know, little concepts that I teach that are incredibly simple. The, the whole reason why we, we focus on the bad is because it's not comp it's, it's easier to do that than to, to, to look at the good and well, to, to, to find the good. It's uncomfortable though. You have to go through shit. You have it's to, part of our sympathetic nervous system at the same time. We're not, we're not generally nosy people. When we hear, you know, somebody got shot over here. It's like, Oh, oh where? Yeah. Where did it happen? What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's not because we're nosy people. It's because a lot of it's our sympathetic nervous system. Our minds are trying to protect us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when th those, those, those negative emotions and the anger and all these negative emotions that come, our mind generally right away is, is there for protection. Yeah. Our brain's only function is survival. That's our brain's only function. Yeah. So, you know, pain, um, guilt, all the negative emotion, the emotional tributes, they, they release these chemicals that are uh, almost like a danger reflex for our system. Yeah. 
So now what happens is our mind kicks in right away and it's got to protect us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like anger. You know, it's that protection, <laughs> you know, guilt. It's that protection. It's, 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 I mean, the, the, the neuroscience behind it, I can be here for hours going through that hours going behind the neuroscience behind anxiety and the mind and how we function. But man, yeah. and, and, and I do want listen, this is like I said at the top, this is just scratching the surface of, of what you've been through and, and what you have to share, because what you have to share and and I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I'm, I'm saying like you and many other people who've gone through shit, you guys have, that is your gift in a way. That is your, your way to give back. And, and, and I didn't, you know, I gotta be honest with you, brother. I, I, I didn't give a shit to help anybody. Fuck. I didn't care. I didn't fucking care about anybody. I would want to tell myself. <laughs> yeah. I didn't give a fuck. Right. Um, you know, when, when I, came, when, but that came when, for you. I mean, I, 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 I helped myself and I became an actor again and I was huge. I booked seven fucking lead roles in six months. You're an actor. Yeah. Seven Not roles, there yet, six, but yeah. seven roles in six months. You <laughs> right. tell me that's heard of, no. <laughs> yeah. you know, for those that's, of you that that's are listening, the lottery, yeah. for those of you that are listening, a very good qualified actor might land one lead role a year might i booked seven in six months i was fucking killing it um then i was on set for a, a very popular show and we decided to put out vlogs on youtube i put out these vlogs and overnight thirty thousand fucking people reached out to me and i was like holy shit what do i do like yeah i went to university to study anxiety i went you know i studied psychology at mcmaster i went to humber to take paramedicine but i didn't for me i didn't give a fuck about anybody else uh so anyways, long story short, I was helping people. It was great. Um, but the acting was what was paying the bills. The acting is, is what that was my life. I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I get to do this again. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, long story short, I ended up in LA close to you. I was in Burbank yeah. performing on stage and I won three awards. Best fucking day of my life, man. Yeah. Three awards on the red carpet. Like it was just like, this is fucking life, man. Like, you yeah. know, everything was great. Um, in between this, I was helping my cousin. Um, you know, he was doing great. He was doing amazing. He had a long history of mental illness. Um, my cousin was doing fucking incredible. Um, when I went to LA and I booked seven lead roles, I was, everything was incredible. Things were good. I stopped helping people. The next call I got was my cousin committed suicide. And that was it. I said, I need to make a fucking decision. I need to go down one path. Or down the other and me like a fucking asshole and an idiot i decided to go down the path of helping people and not paying my fucking bills so i went down this path and that's a whole nother story to get into but yeah i decided to go down this path and definitely not an idiot for that i I'm oh, you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> you know what i mean i know but, i know i know but no dude that is uh yeah I mean, again, you go, you, you kept getting hit in the face with these signs, even after you, you, you survived the attempt, you survived everything. You, you had clarity, you, you're in acting again, you're, you're, you think you got it. And it's, it's funny how life reminds you what is really important, right? It's, you know, it's, it's the universe, man. They keep putting this shit in front of you and say, you gotta be here. And then, you know, it, it's, it's right. not even these subtle little things. They're literally kicking in the ass and saying, get the fuck over there. Yeah. You know, well, 
<laughs> when they do it gently, we don't catch it, right? So then yes. they, <laughs> they yeah. got to shove it up this little subtle little. <laughs> no, man. Hey, but listen. Yeah, yes. Hey, um, where can everyone find everything that you have to offer? Is it all on your website? So it's on my website, uh, IamHere.org. I-A-M-H-E-A-R.org. It's um, in the description, On there, you guys. can find our, I, everything is under I Am Here. You can find us on TikTok, on Instagram, but please, if you do that, look for the verified account because if it doesn't have the blue check, it's not us, uh, except on Instagram. We're going through the process now, but uh, TikTok, Instagram, we're everywhere. The app can be found. Uh, you can right now, actually, we have a free download. Um, so there's a free program we have on our app. It's a five day challenge for people. It's a five day program just to see people, to, to, to show people what we have to offer. Yeah. So what I did was I took each step and compressed it into one day. It's very cool. It comes with your own journal. You get to see me There's a couple of great videos on there. Um, but what you would have to do is go onto our website at iamheaar.org. Uh -huh. You'll see a sign up, sign up because it's very, very confidential. It's very, very personal. We're very, very secure, right? Yeah. Um, so if you sign up to the website, you will get your pass and password and your uh, username. Then you either go onto Google Play or you go onto the iStore, type in I am here, download our app, put in your username and email and grab our free uh, five day, uh, the five days in our courses under the store. So if you go to the store on our website, you'll see courses there, scroll to the bottom, you'll see the free mini challenge. Perfect. You guys know what to do. No clear description, explanation. Everything uh, Anthony just said is going to be in the description of this uh, episode. Thank you so much for coming on. One of many, I hope. I hope you will, uh, uh, you know, There's honor a lot us. we left out, brothers. Uh, yes. So, you know, you let me know and we can definitely do this again. I, uh, I, I, it would be a pleasure. Absolutely. I, I feel like you're a friend and I've only it's, talked to you. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I talked to you over the phone and FaceTime yeah. once and now here. I love it. Absolutely and I, love it. And next time I'm in Toronto, I'm definitely connecting with you. Uh, we got to chat in person. My door is open for you, my friend, and I'm looking forward to coming to LA again. But let's let's do this again. Now I'm in Sacramento, but I will meet you in Burbank or LA. It's cool. Yeah. I, I I that's not a far drive. I'm open to it. I'm willing to do it, especially if you're coming. You let me know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, man. Um, guys, it's been. This was a special episode because we talk about real shit. Um, I've had episodes. We just goof off. We talk comedy. We've talked, uh, all types of topics have been on here and I'm episodes like this remind me why I did this to begin with togetherness, purity, bringing all walks of life here because everyone has a story. Everyone is unique. Everyone has something to share that others can learn from or take something to help themselves and in return, help others. This has been episode 62, Fumble Podcast. This, my good friend now, Anthony Caputo. Uh, find him, his, again, the website is in the description. Get his book, get the app. I'm Pejdomaniac on all social media and Fumble Podcast and Pejdomaniac on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. It'll help me out a great deal. And comment. Comment your thoughts on this episode. I want to hear from you guys. And Anthony, he'll read them too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, putting, <laughs> I'm putting him on the task. But uh, <laughs> love you guys. I will see you guys on episode 63. Anthony, thanks again for joining us, man. Absolute pleasure, my friend. I look forward to coming back. Thank you. You will uh, definitely be back. All right, guys. Catch you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>